Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you with us. My next guest is P. Christopher Music from the Econologics Institute in Clearwater, Florida. He's the founder of that institute, and the Econologics Institute provides financial education on financial and transition planning to owners of professional practices. And through their Private Practice Millionaire Academy, they empower private practice professionals to achieve financial prosperity and wealth. Today's talk is on how a private practice owner can build a business to sell for maximum value. It's not an easy task. That's why we're going to talk about it. Christopher, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. It's uh, a professional practice. It's difficult uh, to to create value and to sell, um, but I, I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. Before we get into that, Christopher, tell us a little bit about the Econologics Institute and uh, why you started it and what it does. Well, the Econologics is actually a new subject. Uh, back in 2009, when the markets were melting down and people were having you know, catastrophes financially, I uh, took a look at the traditional financial planning paradigm and said, you know, what in the world is wrong where people that are 50, 60 plus who want to go on to a uh, more of a part-time work kind of environment cannot do that because they lost just 30 or 40 percent of their entire wealth with one major economic event. So I, I went back to the drawing board of the whole financial planning technology as we know it through uh, different, you know, uh, regulatory and, and certification type processes and said, what can we do to create a, a standard result that's predictable and consistent from household to household to household? And the result of that study using scientific method, engineering, different kinds of logic, uh, basically came up with a whole new subject called econologics. And I had to brand that name to differentiate that with what people think or know in their own experience as to what financial planning actually is. Um, so it's really based on on principles that have always been true in all times and places uh, throughout history. And as they are applied today to the systems of which we find ourselves part of, the tax system, the investment system, being a human being and a human experience, uh, you know, all of these things that we all have in common to get a consistent result that can be uh, counted upon to really get to a financial condition in a household that allows us to pursue what's most important. So in essence, we're, I guess we're adding logic to economics? Well, basically, yes. I mean, it's... So uh, we're after... Okay. You know, okay. Well, finding... Financial planning technology has never developed to a point of, of a science, even an imprecise one. It's been based on a sales process. So we want to look at results rather than a sales process. Okay, great. Let's talk about that. So what's the product? When, you, when we talk about a financial advisor, what's a typical product of a financial advisor? Well, most financial advisors are licensed, and they get, they're licensed so they can sell something to make an income, whether it's insurance or investments or investment advisory from a registered investment advisor. 
Well, they spend their time focusing only on those products for which they get paid. The problem is insurance, investments, and so on are only part of one's financial experience. So what I look at as a product of a financial advisor, and I would think the public would, would totally agree with this, is that when you go to a financial advisor, ideally what, what would we want? We want a positive and successful financial experience. That's what, we, that's what we're looking for. So the product is helping our household achieve an optimum financial operating condition of which tax minimization is a part, asset protection is a part, estate planning, debt re reduction, investments and insurance, they're all part of that bigger picture. But we have to look at the overall condition, the operating state of that household, not just those little uh, parts or facets of one's financial experience. Okay, so I think, I think I'm with you there uh, in that over the last, let's say, 20 years, um, economics within financial products and, and technology have come into play, whereby a lot of people have been forced to move into calling what they do financial planning, but it's really it's basic planning that leads to the sale of their particular product. Is that, is that what we're getting at here generally? I mean... Well, generally, financial planning has been used as this general concept as marketing to sell investment services, to, to sell insurance services, which is not in and of itself a problem, except the fact that the public cannot differentiate one financial planner from another as far as their philosophy, their results, their expertise, and so on. And so what I try to do is basically create a more of a standard for what that really means. I got you. Okay. Okay. And And it is, you know... Life is complicated. <clears throat> All of the different financial instruments are complicated. Certainly the legal tech strategies are complicated. The tax strategy, everything's complicated. So in a lot of times, uh, a good financial advisor will help to uh, simplify and apply the right concepts to the fact pattern that's delivered uh, for the client, right? So they're, put, they're matching Absolutely. together those strategies. But what, what you're saying, and I, I see it all the time, is it's everybody's a wealth manager, everybody's a financial planner, everybody, you know, everybody has be taken on this, uh, this uh, kind of calling card so that um, it's just, it's hard to differentiate and find someone who's truly into financial planning. So you deal in something called results-based financial planning. What is that? Well, that is a, a name that I gave to basically my system. Everyone's financial experience is essentially broken down into nine elements. And each one of these nine elements in and of itself must achieve an ideal operating state in a household to get the results we're looking for. The results we're looking for are very simple. It's the best financial experience we can have with the least amount of risk and cost. That's the, that's the fundamental. So the nine elements are simply having a written financial plan, not one in your head, but a written one, and having the knowledge, the basic policy and procedure on how to run a financial a successful financial household. Then we get into your business and your income streams and having those be as, as viable as possible. Setting aside money for future income, not dependent upon your business. Getting out of debt and having excellent credit. Having your estate plan in place. Having your taxes minimized. Having your uh, assets protected fully and having a stable and suitable 
investment experience. And all nine of those elements, if they are achieving an ideal state of operation as we have defined it, then we're going to be approaching what we call the optimum financial condition for that household. And it's not based on income. It's not based on what you do for a living. It's based on this overall operation within a household that is that is systematically minimizing or mitigating risks, uh, of which we you know, have 89 of them as business owners that we have to deal with every day that we've codified, and having the maximum enjoyment and results out of our financial uh, transactions and uh, decisions. So, so you, you offered up those nine areas, and uh, obviously it would be a pretty superhuman person that could implement each of the, these areas. Is that just the wrong way? To, so is, is, is the typical financial planner that we're talking about with results-based financial planning more in charge of quarterbacking the team and in terms of let's plan it all out uh, and then let's uh, put the team on the field in each of these areas of business income, uh, debt reduction, estate planning, so on and so forth, uh, to, to implement? Yeah, you have, absolutely have to have your, your team of experts. There's no way a financial advisor can do all those things. So a financial advisor, as you said, would be the, the quarterback. There's always the accountant who's a critical element of that. There's always the attorney who's very good at estate planning and asset protection because those two typically go hand in hand, and who knows business law because the, one of the fundamental elements is working with someone to help you build systems in your business because you cannot sell a business that, uh, for maximum value that's not run on systems. So that, that, those are all parts of that team that really need to work together as an advisory board to anybody who's trying to build wealth through their business and in their household. Okay, so so I this is what we talk about in in exit, and we're going to talk about transition planning as well. Is uh, is that you need that team, but often isn't it true that that you come into a situation and the team is not? Can you imagine a football team where nobody talks to each other, nobody communicates, nobody reads from a playbook? They just say, "Okay, go out there and get them, guys." It wouldn't work very well, would it? It, it wouldn't, and that's the biggest trouble that we see as financial advisors is that you know the, the accountants and attorneys and business coaches don't talk to each other, and you know, unfortunately, that costs the client millions of dollars over a working lifetime because of that out-coordination between those experts. And if you're not a sports fan, can you imagine go- going to a, a, an orchestra, con- a concert, uh, a symphony, and there's no conductor, <laughs> and, and right. everybody... Nobody knows what score to turn. Everybody just, you know, somebody snaps their fingers and everybody just starts playing something different. Uh, again, you need these, you need these organizers, these formatters, these people that put together what one CPA uh, said. You know, what you guys do is, is you build, uh, you build, you write the hymnal that we all sing from, and and I like that idea because it's, you know. So let's talk about that with re- regards to business planning and transition planning. What are the differences there, and what's a results-based transition plan? Well, the results-based transition plan is the idea of, of start, starting with the end in mind. You know, what result are we going for? I work with professional practice owners. That is someone who is a licensed professional who is in private practice. Your dentists, chiropractors, physical therapists, um, even accountants, attorneys, people that are professionals. And we have a unique experience as a, as a professional in that we go into private practice not because we want to build a business to sell, like most entrepreneurs do. They go into a private practice because they want to do it their own way. 
which coincidentally is the right way. And uh, they think about themselves only as a practitioner and not as an executive that runs a group of people or as an owner owning an enterprise that can be transitioned to someone else at some point in the future. So what we try to do is get them to look at building their practices while they're pursuing their passion, whatever that is, they're building a system within their practice that not only maximizes income and maximizes profit for today, but builds an enterprise that can be transitioned to an associate or to another a competitor or perhaps even a corporate buyer down the road for maximum value. And so we have nine elements, again, in the theme of what things to do in sequence to build a practice that's worth maximum transition value over one's career. Makes a lot of sense. Now, let's talk about that because uh, how long in your experience should someone, how long before they they plan to um, phase out or maybe they just want to go part-time, how long should they be looking for and finding that key uh, practitioner and bringing them on board and and talking to them about partnership. I mean, let's talk about the landscape out there. We have a lot of solo practitioners out there that are get they're getting up there in years, and they're starting to say, you know, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but five years from now, I need to do something. Is that a good timeline to find somebody? Um, what What's your experience with the landscape of what's out there now in, in the professional practice world? I think the biggest mistake that private practice professionals make is that you can put off transition planning. Well, I don't want to sell for another 20 years, so I'm not going to worry about it today. Well, that's great if life goes according to plan, but life doesn't always go according to plan. So if you're a solo practitioner, if you ever want to escape from the day-to-day responsibilities in your practice, someone else must be doing those functions, whether it's delivering to clients, whether it's running uh, finances, whether it's doing the marketing or whatever. So your, your job is to work yourself out of a job. The best, most successful practitioners I know are ones that start immediately. As you hear my voice, start transition planning right now, getting in that associate that's going to take over your, your practitioner duties, and, and surrounding yourself with executives that can run the machine without you having to be there. Because you may never sell. You may die with your boots on. Or you may get to a point where you're 75 years old and say, hey, I love doing marketing or I love going in and treating a couple days a week uh, as a healthcare practitioner, for example. And, you know, but you can come and go because you've built a machine there with, without a transition plan to transition those functions away from you onto somebody else. You will never be able to escape from your practice to get that, that, that part-time or that retirement type of state that – people tend to want when they're older in life. So the answer yeah. is, quite simply, start right now. <clears throat> well, I always tell people the best time to start was five years ago, but the be- second best time is now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> here's, here's the problem is that you're not alone as a practitioner out there. There are mil- There's got to be millions of professional practices out there, uh, in, people your age, around your age, starting to think the same way. And so you really have, the way I see it in professional practices, it's kind of unique. They have the option of, of staying solo and just building up their pension plan and self-funding their own liquidation, or uh, and maybe having a plan B where another owner, another practitioner could buy them out if they die or become disabled. Second, uh, 
uh, bringing somebody into your practice and building a, a transitionable practice, or third, merging yourself into another established practice. So are there any other options that you see out there besides those three for professional practices? Usually we find that uh, bringing on an associate is probably the most common. Uh, you know, there's also ways where people can build up wealth, significant wealth, outside of a practice, and you can actually end up gifting the the practice through a charitable transaction, which can create incredible tax advantages. It's rare, but it is possible. You know, we had a veterinarian who we've, we've been working with who had a practice, and he uh, received a, quite an inheritance from his family that he had all the money he needed. So we're structuring a charitable transaction for that practice where he can uh, gift it to a trust, the trust can sell it to another competitor, and he can create tremendous tax advantages by doing that. That's kind of a unique approach. Uh, usually, however, most solo practitioners or two or three professional practices are going to go the associate route. They're going to go to selling it to a competitor. They're going to, to sell to a corporate or a, an aggregator, what's called a private equity group, within that industry. All these different options. Uh, the self-liquidating one, unfortunately, is the most, I think, the most common one. Uh, it would be ideal if a person could accumulate 4 or $5 million in retirement plans and then just not worry about the practice anymore, but that's not really what we see. We see most practitioners have a, a million or two accumulated, which isn't going to be enough, quite frankly. So we don't really look at our practice being an, a, a financial planning asset. And because of that, we don't try to create or embed transition value into it, and we lose seven mm -hmm. figures, potentially, of potential wealth because we don't view it as a transitionable asset. And that's just a shame, but, but that's just the facts of life, and that's what's – if there's a pyramid, then you'd probably see – the, the base of the pyramid would be the solo practitioners that unfortunately don't get their planning started in time. And, and so, uh, Christopher, I would, I would love to talk about this with you again very, short, very soon because we address the manufacturing business, the family business, the service firms a lot, but we don't address the professional practices as much as we need to. And it's a huge uh, number of our audience and our guests. And so I'd love to have you back another time. How do our... Uh, how do our listeners get in touch with you and tell us about your practice transition assessment? Well, first of all, my personal website is pchristophermusic.com. And on there, there's links to all the stuff that we do through uh, Econologics and through my private practice millionaire uh, model. And the practice transition assessment, uh, if you go to practicetransitionassessment.com, uh, it is an online questionnaire, it's 100 questions, and you can go on there, answer the questions, and it will give you a graph that we will go over with you that shows you just how ready you are to transition out of a professional practice for maximum transition value. And you'll, you'll get a grade, and you'll see in the, nine the nine different elements of it, the strengths and weaknesses. And from there, we can start to actually have a launching point to do some real transition planning to create value in that practice, even as little as two years. You can do a miracle in two years if you just do the right actions. So, so listeners, do yourself a favor and go to pchristophermusic.com, and that's where they'll find the assessment, right? They'll find that website there if we just give them one. 
Yeah, actually, the, the place to find the assessment is practicetransitionassessment.com. Okay. Go on there, click on Take the Test Now, and you can just fill it out. What does it take, like a half hour to take the test or an hour, or what, yeah, what are the, they looking at? At the most, 15, 20 minutes. Because they, these are questions they probably already know the answer to. We're just looking for basically how ready are they and what are their what are their urgent kind of front burner danger spots, right? Precisely. I love it. Okay, so listeners, go to practicetransitionassessment.com. Do it right now and take the test and find out. The, you're going to find out where you're at risk so you can start planning because this is very, very essential to you and your family's well-being. Christopher, I want to thank you for coming on again. Again, I look forward to our next uh, conversation at some time in the near future. Thanks so much, Bill. Really enjoyed it. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back right after this, so please stay tuned. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 